This episode of the Short Side Option Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Manhattan Brewing Company. Manhattan Brewing Company is located at 406 Point Avenue in downtown Manhattan, Kansas. Quality, community, and education are Manhattan Brewing Company's three pillars, and we are super excited to have them back for their second year as the title sponsor of the Short Side Option Podcast. With nearly 20 years of collective experience in the craft beer industry, Jake, Adam, and Garrett are focused on brewing and serving high-quality craft beers in a family-friendly atmosphere in the heart of downtown Manhattan. Manhattan is their home, and they want to bring the best possible beer experience and education to the wonderful people of Manhattan, creating a place for everyone to come out and have a good time with friends and cultivate a craft beer culture that Manhattan can be proud of. Be sure to follow them on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Manhattan Brewing and their website at www.mhkbeer.com to stay up to date on all the latest events going on at the brewery. Some great stuff there. And if you're not able to make it down to Arlington or if you're going to be in Manhattan already for the K-State Wichita State basketball game on Saturday, be sure to pop into Manhattan Brewing Company. Uh, they've got all the uh, all the uh, the beers that you, your heart could desire from a taste profile standpoint. Uh, they, they've got it all there. So be sure to stop in and see those guys on Saturday and in any time that you find yourself in Manhattan. On this week's episode of the Short Side Option Podcast, it's just yours truly flying solo this week. Uh, I help take a look back at K-State's win over KU and give my preview and prediction on K-State facing off with TCU in the Big 12 Championship game. This is the Short Side Option. Nice to have you with us here on another edition of the Short Side Option Podcast. Flying solo today, it's yours truly. And uh, we look back here as K-State beats the KU Jayhawks 47-27. to K-State really had no trouble in this one uh, from opening kickoff to final whistle as they roll to a 20-point victory over the Jayhawks. And uh, that sets up a matchup here with TCU in Arlington on Saturday, an 11 o'clock kickoff on ABC uh, will be the site of college game day. All eyes in the college football world will be set on Arlington, Texas, as Kansas State takes on undefeated at 12-0 TCU in uh, the Big 12 Championship game. So a huge game there for K-State as they come into this game with a record of 9-3 and and they finish in sole second place in the Big 12. So let's go ahead and jump into this uh, Sunflower Showdown where K-State gets their 14th straight victory uh, over the Kansas Jayhawks. And it's a game that K-State jumped out to early, uh, outscoring KU 23-7 to in the first quarter. Uh, KU was able to cut it down uh, to a 9-point uh, game at halftime, 30-30. Uh, to 21, uh, and K-State was really able to keep them at arm's length throughout. So want to get into it here a little bit. I mean, the game's uh, been over now for a few days, so it's nearing the point of ancient history. But a few things that I wanted to uh, to mention here before we get into the TCU preview here on this one is that the defense was a little bit shaky early on, but holding KU to second or to uh, six second half points, I think, is pretty impressive. Uh, with what KU did, with what has been a pretty good Uh, KU offense, I wouldn't even say pretty good. I think they've been a very good uh, offense here, even in Big 12 play. Uh, Jalen Daniels, 168 yards passing on 32 attempts. 
uh, for only 5.3 yards per attempt. Uh, that's pretty darn good. Uh, holding him down like that, also Devin Neal, uh, 59 yards on 16 carries for 3.7 yards. K-State was able to really do uh, quite a bit on defense, especially in the second half where KU's second longest drive after their scoring drive in the fourth quarter, uh, their second longest drive uh, in the second half was three plays. So K-State's defense really came to play here in the second half and uh, was able to uh, really keep this game kind of outside of the edge of, of threatening where KU never could really uh, ha- have much of an opportunity there. Uh, let's go ahead also to and, and point out some guys on the defense that I thought played really well. Drake Cheatham, nine solo tackles. VJ Payne, another guy out of the secondary that's going to be filling in for Kobe Savage uh, in Sincere Mason, uh, is a guy that uh, K-State's going to have to look for a lot here in uh, in the final couple games of their season. Uh, so looked, looked, uh, was very impressed with what I saw from BJ Payne and look for him to continue that, uh, here going forward. Uh, also too defensively, uh, another guy that I thought, uh, popped out to me a little bit, uh, again, what was, uh, Julius Brintz, uh, a guy that just, he in and around the ball, uh, had made a couple nice plays in coverage. There was one pass interference call that I think uh, that was going to be called on him that got overturned, but his coverage was great all day. Uh, so love to see what I saw from him. Daniel Green thought played another really nice game. Uh, but this K-State defense was a little shaky in the first half, uh, but much better in the second half. And that's kind of been the tale, tale uh, of what K-State's been doing here as of late. Uh, Baylor, they were great throughout the entire game. A little shaky in the first half against West Virginia, uh, but certainly settled in there in the second half as well. So that's something to keep an eye on here as we look forward to TCU. Switching sides of the ball to the offense. Uh, Deuce Vaughn, uh, leading receiver for the Wildcats with 82 yards, 80 of them coming on that screen pass uh, that he took deep inside the uh, Kansas red zone. Uh, Also led the way for the Wildcats on the ground, 147 yards on 25 carries for a touchdown. So uh, another banner day for him as he puts up well over 200, uh, right around 250 yards of a total offense from scrimmage. Will Howard, steady as she goes, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Did have a fumble uh, and and did look like he was kind of holding on the ball a little bit, maybe too long in times to where he needs to be a little bit quicker with that internal clock. But uh, really a solid performance from him, 11 of 21. Didn't have to do much in terms of passing the ball there in the second half where K-State was uh, you know, content to be able to run the ball and as they were getting five and a half yards of carries. You know, it's it's easy for me to look at when you're sitting there in the stands on Saturday or when you're watching the game at home and say, you know, other than a few big plays where we really pop it, you know, K-State defense or the K-State offensive line isn't necessarily blowing these guys off. And, you know, but then in the end of the day, you look 230 yards rushing on 42 carries for five and a half yards, uh, a pop there. So that's pretty darn good. Uh, you have to like what you see there. Uh, and I gave it out to you last week, folks. Sammy Wheeler is the guy to bust out from the shadows. Uh, and he did so in a big way. A 42-yard touchdown reception there on a busted coverage where uh, Will Howard was able to find him. So uh, folks that were listening along, Sammy Wheeler, the, no surprise to you guys. Uh, but uh, really an all-round performance. This K-State offense, uh, you know, 47 points on a day where the conditions aren't great, uh, but K-State was able to take advantage of some KU miscues. Uh, of course, the muff punt uh, that that set, uh, that set up K-State's first touchdown. And then also uh, the uh, 
on, on a special teams mishap there where they get a block in the back off of a, a poor kickoff return, uh, sets up K-State for a safety. Uh, th- those were the kind of plays that kind of were the mishaps that really got K-State uh, really rolling, and, and they didn't need much help after that. K-State was able uh, to run away in this one by the score of 47-27, to uh, a dominating win for the Wildcats. After a quick, and I mean quick break, I'm going to be back here and we're going to talk about the Big 12 championship game against TCU. K-State TCU in Arlington, Texas, coming up right after the break. All right, we are back here on the short side option. And before we go ahead and get into the Kansas State-Texas Christian matchup in the Big 12 championship game, I want to do a couple of, uh, call it housekeeping notes, if you will, here uh, in terms of uh, the Big 12 uh, all Big 12 teams and Big 12 Player of the Year award teams. K-State had uh, a couple guys here on the first team. Uh, ben Sinnott at fullback. Uh, Cooper Beebe on the offensive line are the two offensive players for Kansas State uh, on first team. And then on the defense, Kansas State had Felix Inaduke Uzama as uh, a first team uh, defensive uh, for all, or all Big 12 first-team defensive linemen. Also, Julius Brintz uh, gets a nod there at defensive back. Uh, King Felix also won Defensive Player of the Year as well as Defensive Lineman of the Year in the conference. So two well-deserved honors there. Um, offensive Player of the Year, Max Duggan uh, for, for Texas Christian. And when you go up and, through, up and down and through both the first and second team. You see a lot of TCU. You see quite a bit of K-State, too. So no surprise that these two teams uh, match up in what should be a great Big 12 championship game here on Saturday. So let's go ahead and dig into this one real quick. Uh, K-State coming in 9-3, and 7-2 in league. Uh, TCU, a perfect 9-0 in league, and a perfect 12-0 overall. Now, this is going to be an interesting game for maybe some folks because a lot of the talk was leading up to this game that TCU has to go 13-0. and They have to win out. They have to run the table uh, to be in the college football playoff because with a loss, their, their, their resume is not strong enough and uh, they're, they're going to be on the outside looking in. Now, when we get here to, uh, to game time, most of the talk here seems to be, you know, TCU's in win or loss now. And you know what? I think they should be. Uh, truthfully, because there's been enough, um, there's been enough that's gone on here in, in the world of college football that their resume stands out now against some of the other opposition that they have. Uh, so, with all that being said, I don't see that being necessarily a factor in terms of, oh, does TCU think they're already in? Do they maybe not have the same sense of urgency? I don't think that's really a factor here. But I do think it's kind of important to note that their standing maybe is in a little bit better shape than what it may have thought to have been in uh, here as we got into the final couple weeks of the season. They're in a little bit better spot now than they were three weeks ago. Uh, that being said here, K-State TCU. K-State went on the road and lost 38-28 to uh, in the stockyards here back in October. And that was a game that K-State really had well in hand. Uh, you'll remember K-State was up... Uh, at halftime by 11, 28 to 17, and uh, late into the second quarter, had uh, uh, late in the second quarter had the ball ahead 28-10 before having to punt away, which TCU was able to score right before halftime. Now, TCU in the third quarter and fourth quarter, 
they score three unanswered uh, touchdowns uh, and outscore the Wildcats by by 21 in that second half, uh, which is what is the difference in that game. A TCU 38 to 28 victory. Max Duggan had a big day, uh, but the big story in that game for me is two parts. Kendra Miller being able to run the ball so well uh, in that game, he had 153 yards on two touchdowns air and two touchdowns on 29 carries. Uh, he was tremendous, but really the story from a K-State perspective in that game is the injuries. Uh, K-State had kind of a mash, you know, where you had Nick Allen and Bo Palmer out there playing a lot of linebacker. Uh, Daniel Green left the game with an injury. Julius Brents pulled up with a hamstring injury on, on a deep touchdown pass. Uh, things were not looking, looking very good for K-State there from an injury perspective to where you looked at what this uh, team was going to look like going forward. You, you wondered if there was just going to be enough health there. Uh, K-State responded the next week and, and whooped up on Oklahoma State 48-0. So they responded well after that setback to TCU. Now, when we look at this game, to me, it all comes down to this K-State offense. Uh, going into that TCU game, Adrian Martinez had been the guy at quarterback. And after that game uh, against TCU, uh, with the exception of the Texas game, it's been Will Howard. Yeah, Will Howard uh, obviously orchestrated the 48 nothing win over Oklahoma State. Adrian Martinez comes back the next week uh, against Texas and plays well. Uh, you know, has has those two turnovers, which a lot of people point to, but I thought played very well in that game and and gave K State a chance. And then it it Adrian Martinez starts the next week against Baylor leaves after an early injury, and it's been Will Howard ever since then. And uh, in the two games that he's played, two full games that he's played, even though he played uh, three quarters of the game against Baylor, uh, but the next two weeks against West Virginia and and KU, two of the weaker uh, defenses in the Big 12, uh, no doubt about that, 48 and 47 points accounted for. So this K-State offense in the games that Will Howard has started, in conference play, 48 points, 48 points and 47 points. Pretty darn good. So this K-State offense with Will Howard is going to allow for a little bit more flexibility through the air, as we've seen. Uh, and that's what really gave TCU a lot of struggles against uh, against Will Howard when he came in in that game in Fort Worth was, you know, hit what he was able to do throwing the ball. Of course, the, the, the throw uh, to Cade Warner uh, down the sideline was a big one, but he, he's shown that ability all throughout uh, his time at, at, at K-State this season where he's been able to make those plays. So let's go ahead and also look at what TCU has coming in here to this game. Now, TCU, on the other hand, that they've they've answered all all comers here. Twelve and zero, uh, a decisive uh, season finale win over Iowa State, sixty two to fourteen. But in the last couple weeks uh, against Texas and Baylor, coming in here, seventeen to ten game in a twenty nine twenty eight game, as they uh, escape out of Waco with a win there on the last second field goal, as Griffin Kell is able to uh, trot out there and kick the ball as the time is expiring in that one. So let's go ahead, get to the prediction here in this game. I think it's a game that K-State matches up pretty well with TCU. But the one thing that concerns me with this K-State game, or with this K-State team going into this, this Big 12 championship game, 
is, is the defense going to start slow like we've seen in the last couple first halves? We saw it against KU where they started out a little slow. We saw it against West Virginia where they started out slow. We saw it against Texas where they started out really poor against the run uh, only to you know really tighten it up there in the second half as they were trying to make their comeback attempt. Against Baylor, the defense was great throughout. Uh, and against Oklahoma State, too, after that TCU game, great throughout. Uh, but a little bit uh, of shaky first halves. What what can happen for K-State in this game is to get down early, get down by two or three scores early, because at that point, TCU really, you think of them as this airing the ball out and spreading the ball around offense, which they can have that, op- or they do have the talent to be able to do that. But as K-State saw when they first matched up with TCU, they're happy to hand the ball off and really take control of the game on the ground. And with Kendra Miller, uh, DeMarcado, and Duggan, who's able to run a little bit as well, uh, they're more than happy to play that kind of ball control game. And that's why if I'm K-State, I think you have to really look at this game and say, hey, in the first 30 minutes of this game, we can't let the energy get to us. We can't let the emotion of a, of a big-time game get to us. We have to be uh, sounding our fundamentals, whether if it's tackling or whether if it's communication. That's always seeming to be what uh, some of the first-half issues are, is really more communication based off of what you hear from Chris Kleiman and uh, Joe Klanderman. So that being said, first half is huge for K-State not to get off to a bad start and, and to be uh, you know in arm's length throughout. For K-State offensively in this game, I think it comes down to being able to run the ball. Uh, against TCU, when when we uh, played them back in, in October, K-State was able to run the ball only for 158 yards on, on 30 carries. Uh, K-State was able to have some success running the ball, and then it just kind of got a, a little bit out of... Um, out of their playbook a little bit, maybe a little bit too quick because of the time and score. Uh, what I'd like to see in this game is K-State able to run the ball as well as move the ball to the outside with what they've done in some of the, the bubble game uh, that you've seen and, and also taking shots down the field as well. But ultimately in this game, I think it comes down to the K-State defense. And I think whether if it's one of the three big playmakers that we've talked out talked about at all three levels of this defense, whether if it's a Julius Brents or an Echo Boydo at the quarterback positions, whether if it's a Daniel Green the linebacker, or whether if it's Big 12 player or Big 12 defensive player of the year, uh, Felix Anaduke Uzama coming up with a big play at the end of the game, I think that's what's going to be the deciding factor for K State in this one. I've got K State winning this one, 35 to 34. Dell has them winning 38, 35 Kansas State. So we're both taking the Cats here to win the Big 12 title and let the confetti fall on them at AT AT&T Stadium. So there you go uh, for our predictions, 35-34 for the Icon, 38-35 for Delhi. And that'll do it here for this abbreviated, kind of impromptu episode here of the Short Side Option Podcast. Uh, As you guys might be traveling down to Arlington, whether if you're driving or flying, Please have safe travels, and we hope to see you all there. Uh, I know I'm going to be be down there, and I can't wait to, uh, to get down there and see all the purple that's going to be there. I think it's going to be a great turnout. And what really, uh, with our predictions, looks like it's going to be a classic game. So look forward to seeing you all there. 38-35 for Dell, 35-34 for me. Both taking the Cats here to win the Big 12 Championship over TCU. That'll do it here for us on the Short Side Option Podcast. Thanks for listening, and go Cats.